Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, sometimes when I get a little, mm, I don't know what the word is, just disconnected from the media, like just really kind of starts with like disgusted. I start looking elsewhere for things to talk about. And right now the media, it's just all about vengeance, you know, against Hamas and Hezbollah and the Palestinians. And we talked about that the other day and I just, I just can't really get too excited about that. You know, um, the, um, I was trying to talk to my wife about it, you know, and, and there's, you know, what you've got, what you got going on over there is you have a government. Israel is a government. It's also a nation. It's also a group of people, right? And it's God's people. But what you really got over there is a government with a military. And it's got its own agenda that's separate from maybe the way people feel over there. And anytime you have a government, you have to remember that, like like in this case, it's easy for us to go, well, Israel's in the right because they're God's people. The Bible tells us that Israel prevails. Well, the Israeli people prevail. But the Israeli government, it doesn't say anything about the Israeli government. You know, in the Bible, you know, they talk about taxes. And Jesus is quoted as saying, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. But render unto God what is God's, right? And so the, the point is, government is a man-made thing. And it doesn't have anything to do with God. I mean, you could you could look at Israel and Israel's actions and think to yourself, oh, well, they're on the right side of God or they're on the right side of, uh, you know, the Bible or whatever. But that's not necessarily the case. Um, now, I'm, I'm look, I'm, I love Israel. I love the people of Israel. I love the Jews. I do believe they're God's special people. Like I said, there's no innocent people involved in this in this in this deal. It's it, there's bad. I mean, certainly, I'm not trying to justify what Hamas did. That that is awful. You know, the stuff that they did is just. I don't know how you do stuff like that when you're a human being. I don't know how you behead babies and just slaughter people and watch them bleed to death right in front of you. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know where your humanity is as, a, as an individual when you're doing things like that. But the bottom line is I'm just kind of turned off by the whole thing. And so I started looking for some other things to, to talk about. And I ran across this project called Live Not By Lies. And I wanted to just play a little bit of the trailer, some clips from the trailer uh, for you. And it, it's based on, uh, an, uh, well, the, the title is at least based on an essay by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was exiled from the Soviet Union. And before he left, he sent an essay to a lot of his followers. And the, the title of the essay was Live Not By Lies. 
one of the things that like Christians always talk about is the truth of the Bible. And you really can't find anything in the Bible that doesn't align with human nature, truth. I mean, some of you might not, you might not be Christian, so you don't believe this and that's fine. But, but truth is something that really evades our, our culture today. We've got untold numbers of people that get up every day and swallow lies like it's ice cream and go, mm, that tastes good. And it's like there's a whole industry that's just serving up lies and people consume them. And, you know, the truth eventually comes out, just like on this COVID stuff. You know, I was sending some stuff to a friend yesterday and I was sending him a bunch of my COVID episodes and I was shocked how many I had. I had like 20, but you know, one of the things that, that really irritated me about COVID and really drove me to, to look into that is because it just, the whole thing just seemed like a lie. And, and I was determined really to expose that the same way climate change is a lie. There, I know a lot of you probably don't believe me, but if you got rid of the Federal Reserve tomorrow, like you just went back to gold, okay? We're on the gold standard. We just forget Washington, D.C. We're all going to start trading goods and services in gold. It wouldn't be any time at all. You know, all this ESG stuff, solar and wind and all this energy revolution, all that, all that stuff goes away. Because what, what happens is you're immediately confronted with, with truth and reality. And the truth is, our modern economy is, it cannot be sustained by things like that. The government and all the people, the players, they're just lying to you. And, and the truth is, we have a whole bunch of people, uh, fellow citizens, that act like it's not a lie. In fact, they, they put their money behind it. They, they get connected with the government and make investments and get rich off of it. And just stuff like that just really bothers me. It's like, why can't we just, why can't we live in reality? Why, why does half our population have to live in La La Land in some sort of Disney film? I just don't get it. I don't understand why it has to be that way. And it and it it actually doesn't have to be that way. In fact, it ultimately will end because that's the way reality is. Reality comes in the end. Uh, it eventually makes itself known. This live by live not by lies documentary that that these people are trying to put together, it, it, it's going to talk about communism and how communism was just all about lies. They just lied all the time about everything and just kept people confused and, and, and manipulated people and, and to, to exert their power over them or whatever. And that was communism. Yeah. It was supposedly the workers, of the world unite and everything, but that's not what it was about. 
That's really not what communism was about. It was about some people were more equal than others. That's really what it was about. You know, they had this worker's paradise where everybody, whether you took out the trash or you were the premier, you know, the uh, president of the Soviet Union, everybody was equal, right? It's just that some people were more equal than others. And so this lived not by lies. I want to play some some clips from the from the um, documentary uh, promotion and just comment on some of them because it, it looks like it's going to be really good. And, and hopefully people, you know, stuff like this will hopefully break people from the seductive power that communism has. It seems like every generation there's some group of people that still want to believe that communism is something that's possible. That, it, that money is not important. And I'm, when I say money, I mean money is really just a token that we use to trade resources. I mean, if you didn't have something like money, you'd have people beating each other up in the street trying to get resources. And so money's a tool of a civil society. But when you talk to, like sometimes you talk to young people and they say things like, why do we even need money? Why can't we just get along without money? And it's like, what are you talking about? You I mean, you're advocating for violence, basically. And so I think this documentary is going to be really good. Uh, I think it's going to speak to young people in a way that, you know, we haven't been successful in talking to young people in the past. Anyway, check it out. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes page to the documentary, but I'm going I'm to cut it up here a little bit and play a little bit from it. And we're going to talk something, some more about it and, uh, and just discuss it here on the program tonight. Already people are beginning to forget about communism. They're beginning to forget about the victims of communism, which now number we know about 100 million. I mean, there was no freedom. There was no freedom of speech, no freedom of religion, no freedom of thought. People couldn't write a poem or a play or a story or conduct a scientific experiment without some censor first approving it. All of that story has to be told. Yeah, it really seems like every generation discovers communism like they discovered fire or something, like it's just this magical thing. And it, and it, and, and really, if we, could, if we could successfully implement it, it would solve all our problems. And people get really seduced by communism or communism light or socialism or this idea that, you know, we're all equal or, you know, we're born equal, but we don't all end up equally in the same place, right? I mean, that's obvious. Everybody's born naked, right? And you, and you can't talk, you can't walk, you can't, I mean, you are 100% dependent on your parents when you're born. So in that sense, we're born equal. But depending on how much investment your parents make in you, right? Do you, do you read to your children at night? Do you uh, shelter them from the world? Or do you just kick them out in the street and say, yeah, whatever. Or do you, or do you, you know, come home every night and drink a fifth of vodka while your kids are running around crazy? Or do you come home and help them with their homework and talk to them, eat dinner with them and talk to them over dinner about what they did that day and what, what interesting thing. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, 
the people don't grow up equally, right? There's, there's, they have relationships, they have parents, they have friends, they have uh, influences that, that direct their lives. And so there is no way to end up in an equal place. But governments love this idea. They love to talk about equality because they know, they won't be honest with you and, and share this with you, but they know that it's an impossibility to achieve. But they can always point to it and, and get even more from you, right? Tax you more. Increase the size of their program. Expand government. You know, we need more money in this department or that department. And, and it's always because they just need to wring out this, this disparity that exists among human beings. And you just never get there. It's, it's an impossibility. It's like, it's like walking toward a wall, right, and then halving your distance, and then halving your distance again, and halving your distance again, and halving your di- You never get to the wall, Okay. It, it's it's what's called an asymptote, or it has a limit. And that's the way equality is in human beings. E- equality ends the moment your parents take you home from the hospital and start nurturing you. That's when it ends. So over the next few years, if I would meet someone who had grown up under Soviet communism but came to America, I would put the question to them. Are the things you're seeing happen in our country today in any way reminiscent of what you left behind? Every single one of them said yes. You know, I've done this myself. I meet people from other parts of the world and I ask them, or, you know, that grew up in other parts of the world but now live here, and I ask them the same question. And sometimes you get somebody that's very forthright and will honestly tell you. And then other times you get people that are kind of, being polite, like they don't want to disparage America, especially since they're, you know, not original citizens or whatever. But occasionally you, you do get people that will tell you, yeah, you know, this is, we're headed down a bad road here. I think I've talked to you guys before about a guy that I did some business with some time ago. He grew up in Germany during World War II. He's He's since uh, deceased. He lived to about 85. But he used to tell me, he, he was a little boy, and, and he remembers the, the rise of Nazism in, in Germany. And he remembers how even husbands and wives weren't on the same page. Like the Gestapo would come to register guns or, or collect guns, and if you didn't turn them over and you got caught with them later, that you know, you'd go missing in the middle of the night. And so women would get the, the family gun in the middle of the night and they would go throw it in the river without their husbands knowing. And you just had this, you know, people were just, they just didn't know how to react. They didn't know what to do. They were afraid and scared. And he said he remembered when he was a little boy, he would walk into a room and his parents would just stop talking. Just, you know, like that. And he said, you know, later on he realized what the deal was. He said these kids would go to school and they'd talk about what their parents said to other kids. And then the quote-unquote good Germans, the Nazis, would find out who the kids' parents are, tell the Gestapo, and the Gestapo would just disappear these people in the middle of the night. 
And so we've talked about this before on the program, but if you're, if, if, the, if there's this grand plan of how we're all going to be equal and everybody's going to do the same thing and we're all going to be paid the same and, and you're over there going, yeah, you know, I don't think I like that plan. I'm not going to participate. The question is always, well, what are you going to do about it? It's kind of like during COVID, you know, yeah, we're going to mandate shots, you know, mRNA shots for everybody. Well, what if I stand up and say, I'm not taking a shot? What are you going to do about it? Well, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? If, if, if the answer is we're going to throw you in a cage or we're going to tie you to this telephone pole and put one between the eyes, then you're living under totalitarianism. If, if the answer is, well, you know, you have a right to do with you, do with your body what you want and you can abstain from taking mRNA shots. Well, then you live in a relatively free society. But if you notice, we experienced that, right? They try to mandate that you get an injection at the federal level in this country. You know, when these, when these people are telling you from other places that, yeah, we do see kind of some similar things happening here. This is what they're talking about. Live not by lies, inspired not least by the great Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I got the title for the book from an essay by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. The Soviets exiled him from the country. They kicked him out in 1974. Just before he was kicked out, he sent a short essay to all of his followers. The name of the essay was Live Not By Lies, because the whole communist system was built on lies, lies about human nature, lies about the way the world is, and it can only be sustained when people are afraid to live in truth. Everybody in the Soviet system lied about everything to everyone all the time. And so the whole system was set up and maintained because everyone lied. There are so many people among the intelli intelligentsia especially who are absolutely immune to facts. It's as, as, if, they, it's as if they took their uh, anti-fact shots uh, every, every, every year and uh, the facts will just not affect them. So you might have recognized some of those voices. The, the first one there was Jordan Peterson, he's a brilliant guy. I mean, I really like Jordan Peterson. And then, of course, Thomas Sowell is one of my favorite economists of all time. He's got that real deep voice and talks like that. And, you know, that's just, he's just, he has that book called Conflict of Visions, which I think is just brilliant. Live Not by Lies is the, is the title of this book that this guy wrote. And what he's trying to do now is create a documentary because uh, anytime you can put something on film, you can reach way many, you know, an order of magnitude number of people uh, than you can by asking people to sit down and read a book, right? And so that's why the film, the cool thing about all that, by the way, is the it's never been easier to make a film. That's why you get the Sound of Freedom and some of these great films that are kind of activist type films. But... I want to talk a little bit about lies because when the Twitter purchase happened and, you know, there were, we talked a lot about free speech. We talked, we've talked about hate speech and what is hate speech and what is truth? How do, how do you, how do you come about, how do you get to the truth and lies? The, the reason lies can exist well, there's a couple, re I mean, there's, there's degrees of how they exist, right? So in our country, we have free speech, 
But look at what you've got. You've got the media that doesn't exercise it, right? The media knows the truth about the government, but they choose not to say it. And so they're living by lies. A lot of them make millions of dollars doing what they're doing. And they're actually acting opposite of what Alexander Solzhenitsyn was saying. Is He said, live not by lies, and you've got entire, you know, you got entire media living by lies and, and then, and then telling you that you're lying, right. Or telling you that you, you're confused about the truth or that you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever. I mean, they're part of the lie machine. And this is one of the reasons free speech must exist. We can, we can never let the government get involved in limiting our speech. Ever. I mean, this is just one of those things you cannot compromise on. In fact, almost everything in the first 10 amendments to the Constitution of the United States are things you really shouldn't be compromising on. We shouldn't be allowing the government to create Congress to write laws that, that infringe on any of those first 10 amendments. And, and, and yet we do. And Free speech is just so important. I mean, you just heard him, you just heard Jordan Peterson say that the communist system survived because everybody was lying to everybody about everything. And you can just imagine that if you you can't ever really get to the truth, it, it, it must be really confusing kind of state of existence. And the reason free speech is so important is because if you allow free speech, the truth can be discovered. It can, you can arrive at a place called the truth. But if you don't have free speech and you've got propaganda, which is just another word for lying, uh, 24 seven, like they had in the Soviet Union with Pravda, the state run media, then you're never going to get to the truth. Even if you feel like, even if you have a sense of, well, that, that's just a bunch of BS, right? There's, there's a hundred people around you telling you, Oh, Seth, you're just crazy for believing that, you know. Now you're talking about belief. Oh, that's just something you believe in, Seth. That's not the truth. That isn't really, that's not really true. Just because you believe it doesn't mean it's true. You know, you get into these kinds of discussions. And so, <clears throat> you know, the, the whole lying and free speech, these things are inextricably linked. And it's so very important to defend free speech. Totalitarian governments try to take away cultural memory, which is to say the memory of a people that tells them who they are. We've seen this happen in our own country with statues taken down, where history suddenly becomes extremely contentious. One of the things that disturbs me tremendously is about this enthusiasm for socialism at a time when people are literally starving in Venezuela, an oil-rich country. People don't take it seriously because they think of totalitarianism and what comes to mind is George Orwell. What comes to mind is Stalin, secret police, gulags, firing squads, things like that. That's not what we're dealing with yet, at least. I thought this concept that he's talking about uh, cultural memory is really interesting. And we have seen that in our country um, where the founding fathers are just white men that own slaves. Like that's the thing that George Washington is known for today. 
or that's the thing that Thomas Jefferson is known for today. It, it, that it's it's really something, you know. I mean, when you read the Declaration of Independence, that was written by Thomas Jefferson. That might be one of the most that might be one of the greatest documents ever written. And yet, when you ask somebody on the street, "What do you know about Thomas Jefferson?" Oh, he was a white man that owned black slaves. <laughs> I mean. Just there's there's a lack of context, a lack of knowledge of history that exists in our culture today that is just ignorant. I mean, we just we just have imbeciles. And all these people get to vote. That's what's crazy. And then somehow democracy's great. Like we're gonna get a great result because everybody gets to vote, even though that huge numbers of people think the most important thing about Thomas Jefferson is that he was a white man that owned slaves. Well, let me let me let you in on a little secret. Everybody owned slaves in the 17th and 18th century. Everybody. In fact, there are slaves today in countries, okay? Um, it, it's true that England got rid of slavery before we did, but it was on its way out. We didn't have to kill a half a million of our fellow citizens to end slavery. That's a lie. And so these lies about who we are, it's this cultural memory thing. It's, it's a way to, you know, we're judging people that lived in the 18th century based on what we now have are 21st century values. This is just a, a lack of understanding of the way the world worked and, you know, at any time, any particular time in history. So, this idea of cultural memory, I think, is very important, and, and it's used to manipulate people into thinking that this group or that group is oppressed. You know, it's this identity politics and things like that. And, and Thomas Sowell is right. Why is this, emer- why is this interest in socialism emerging? You've got people eating their pets in Venezuela, Okay. You got, you got people going to stores and standing in line for three hours to get a bag of flour one day and then getting up the next day to go stand in line at another store for another three hours to get a stick, to get a few sticks of butter. And then you got them, I mean, literally people are getting up every day and going and standing in line because somebody convinced them that everybody should get gasoline for five cents a gallon which is not possible, right? I mean, we know that. But they let themselves be manipulated by Chavez and and these other idiots that ran Venezuela into the ground. Did you know that Venezuela has more oil under their land than exists anywhere else in the entire globe as far as we know? And yet people are eating their dogs and cats over there. Okay, that's how bad it can get. And yet you got people glorifying that. It's a complete lack of understanding of history, understanding of human nature, uh, understanding of economics, of limited resources, the allocation of those resources. How do we allocate those resources? Who gets to decide, right? Who gets to decide how much flour you get? 
Well, look, when somebody passes a law and says flour can only be sold for a nickel, the people that produce flour are not going to produce a whole lot of flour, right? So that's just economics. That's just the way the world works. And yet you've got these politicians who fashion themselves as very cosmopolitan and brilliant, you know, coming up with all these rules, the, the plan. And what happens if you don't want to go along with the plan? Well, you, you get to stay in the cage or we line you up against the wall and shoot you. Alexander Solzhenitsyn said that the line between good and evil does not pass between social classes or between you know, races or anything else. The line between good and evil passes right down the middle of every human heart. This is such a great insight, you know, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Um, we're told that, oh, you don't like black people because they're stealing from stores or they're killing uh, innocent citizens on the streets of New York or whatever. No, I don't, I don't like those people because they're killing people. They're evil. It's interesting how people turn these things around. They, they make you uh, a racist, a bigot. It's like, no, 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 this is, what these people are doing is evil. Black Lives Matter in 2020, when they burn down people's businesses and beat people up in the street and damaged people's cars and set Target on fire after they looted it, and that's evil. It's not because I'm racist that I think that's evil. I think it's evil because that shit belongs to somebody else. And they destroyed it without any, not even, a, not even a fleeting thought of whether that was right or wrong. To me, that's evil. And he's right. That line passes right through their heart. People that do things like that and don't consider who's on the other side of it are evil. People that go to the government and have them gang up on you or otherwise, you know, bring the full force of the government on top of you because they don't like you, that's evil, okay? What they're doing to Donald Trump is evil. The people that, this Letitia James, this AG in New York, she's evil. Not because she's black. I could care less whether she's black. I could even care less what she says. It's what she does, what she's doing. She's using the force of government, which is almost an unlimited force when you're an individual. She's using the force of the government and manipulating the law to harass and to destroy the life of another human being. That line runs right through the middle of her heart. I don't care what color she is. But these people, they're, they're especially evil because they take, they take these kinds of facts and they twist them around. They say, oh, you don't like black people. Oh, you don't like Hispanics. The reason you don't like, Hispan you don't like Hispanics because you think we should seal off the border. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of these resources I'm having to pay for. 
uh, and you're having to pay for, and we're all struggling. And the fact that you're just, it's just no different than the BLM people burning down Target. You know, if you're, if you're allowing people to just walk across the border and essentially steal from me, right? You put your kids in, you put your kids in, in, in our schools and then I have to pay higher taxes to fund it or you, your kids get sick and you take them to the hospital and I have to pay higher insurance rates to fund it. That makes my life more difficult. And then you want to try to make me feel bad for trying to make my life better. That's evil. I mean, just these things are evil. What's happening in our society is evil. And, and we should not be ashamed for pushing back on it. We should not let them try to shame us into thinking we're racist or something like that. These are evil acts. And the fact that they're using our own uh, sensibilities against us to make us feel guilty, that's evil too. So, you know, I mean, this is just every day, it just seems to get worse and worse. And it makes me wonder, you know, how this is all going to end without just people killing each other in the streets. I remember standing on a street corner in Moscow talking to a white-haired elderly Russian Baptist pastor, a man whose father and the fathers of all the men in his community when they were little were taken away by Stalin and sent to Siberia. He said, go back to America and tell the church, if you're not prepared to suffer for your faith, then your faith is worthless. Well, what did he mean by that? Through every generation of Christianity, even today in countries like Egypt and the Muslim world and in China, Christians are suffering for their faith. It is vital that we get this eyewitness testimony on camera so people in our country will not forget history, that they'll know history and they'll learn from history so that we can build the resistance now while we still have the freedom to do so. Eventually, this whole system of lies will fall apart, but it will take longer for it to fall apart if people are afraid to stand up for the truth, if people are afraid to have the courage to resist, to say, you do to me whatever you can. I will not live by lies. Sounds like a great documentary with a great message. And uh, you should all go out and check this out. It's called Live Not By Lies. Go to their website and, you know, kick the guy five bucks. He's trying to make this film and it, he's bootstrapping it. And it sounds like it's going to be a very powerful film. But this is a very powerful message here, you know. Uh, there's there's a spiritual message. There's there's a, a message around uh, liberty, um, around self government, around human the human spirit, right? And all of this stuff is super important. But you cannot. Um, live in a society that's just lying all the time. And, you know, some of these people are going to pay a big price, right? I mean, these people in the media, for example, they're either useful idiots or they, they know they're lying and they're just, they're like, what, what am I going to do? This is how, this is my job. This is my income. And, you know, I don't know, man, I, maybe I would do the same if I was in their position, if somebody was paying me, 
two to three million dollars a year to sit up there and lie on TV every night? I don't know. I would like to think that I wouldn't do that. But the point is, it doesn't matter what they do. What matters is what you do and what you do about what they're doing, right? And so I just, uh, I just think the truth is something that is, 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 is something we, we all discover. And it, it's not something that Anthony Fauci tells us or Joe Biden tells us or anybody on the news tells us. It's, 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 this is why I love Twitter so much is if you say something stupid or untrue on Twitter, it won't be 10 minutes before there's 20 people telling you, hey, dude, that's not true, you know? So Twitter is a great tool. Uh, and it, and it's, it, it, it's short enough, you know, this 280 characters or whatever, that you can't get too out of hand on it. But um, I, I just think it's a great tool. And... And we definitely, and I just love the fact that Elon Musk has bought the company and paid way too much, and it's going to cost him a fortune probably. But I'm still glad he did it because um, you can you can say something, and if it's an important thing that you're saying, it will get picked up, it'll get retweeted, reposted, or whatever they're calling it now on X, and it'll circle the globe. And, you know, that's an important thing. So, look, I hope you enjoyed uh, this talk this evening. Uh, I just I just wasn't ready to get back to Israel and Hamas and all that stuff. Um, I, I, in fact, I think that's important, what's going on over there. But this is more of like a root cause of importance. And it's something that uh, we're going to have to address. I mean... We're going to have to get to a point where the liars get rooted out and get, you know, the volume for them goes way down and the volume of the people telling the truth goes way up. That's, that's just what's going to have to happen. And it will eventually happen because the truth is always more resilient. It always comes, it always comes to the forefront. All right. Well, thanks for coming in and listening. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, share the show. But like always, come back and listen. That's the most important thing. Peace.